Welcome to SF Sight Audio. In this review, we'll be listening to Dog Blood, a novel by David Moody, read by Gerard Doyle, produced by Blackstone Audio, approximately nine and a half hours. David Moody has created a thrilling joyride through an apocalyptic world of zombies, but without an apocalypse, or even zombies. Now this may need some further explanation, so bear with me. First of all, this novel, Dog Blood, is the sequel to Moody's previous novel, Hater. In Hater, the world changed. Many people suddenly began killing other people. It was soon discovered that a percentage of the population was changing into what was being labeled as haters. The cause of the hate, as it had come to be known on both sides of the uneven divide, was irrelevant. At the very beginning, when the doubters had been forced to accept that something was really happening, and that the troubles weren't just the result of media-fueled copycat mob violence, the usual raft of baseless explanations were proposed. Scientists had screwed up in a lab somewhere. It was an evolutionary quirk. It was a virus, a terrorist attack, aliens, or worse. Thing was, people were quickly forced to realize it didn't matter. The haters would kill for no reason, using only their bare hands in most cases. The book Hater followed Danny McCoin as he tried everything he could to protect his family. But near the end of the book, Danny became a hater. The change in him was sudden, as if a switch was thrown. Once he had changed, he immediately felt the urge to destroy the unchanged. One of the unchanged was his father-in-law. When his wife witnessed this, she knew he had become a hater. As she gathered the children to make their escape, Danny looked into the eyes of his five-year-old daughter and knew she was like him. But by then, he was incapacitated and could do nothing. This left the novel Hater with either the most thrilling ending ever or a serious hint at a sequel. As it turns out, David Moody has written this novel, Dog Blood, and continues the story with such a delivery that you get tired as if you are the one running around and trying to survive. The story creates such a unique insight into the world of haters and unchanged that not only do you read about the battles, the survival, the lack of governmental control, but Moody writes in such a fashion you feel as if you are part of the story. The reader, Gerard Doyle, does such a great job that he further presses that urgency and emotion that is within the story. It is as if the story were written with him as the intended reader. Doyle, at times, when the story calls for it, can be emotionless, but within a split second, the storytelling turns to a rage-fueled story, and Doyle makes those shifts perfectly clear with some very artistic voice work. And from out of nowhere, a huge grin spreads across his tired, sweat-streaked face. So how many did you kill today, Dan? Two, I think. You? Beat ya. I got three. You should have seen the last one. Took more effort to pull it out again than it did to skewer him. Nice. I tell you, man, he continues, the tiredness gone and his voice suddenly full of energy and enthusiasm. It's the best feeling. When I first see them, they scare the hell out of me. But as soon as I'm ready and I've got my head together, all I want to do is kill. Does that feeling ever go? Tell me it doesn't. Adam's still living off the buzz of sudden power and freedom that comes with understanding the change and experiencing your first few kills. I felt the same when it happened to me. It'll be a while before he comes down again. It's like a drug, and we're like junkies. In Dog Blood, Danny McCoyne continues the bloody kills to destroy the unchanged, but this time he's looking for his five-year-old daughter, Ellis. 
Danny makes his way back to the city from which he was taken to where his wife and daughter could be hiding or surviving. Danny was taken to a camp where the haters were being mass slaughtered, not unlike the German concentration camps of World War II. After escaping, Danny learns of the haters, led by a former politician, grouping to form an army to destroy the unchanged. The biggest obstacle in this is that as a hater, organization is hard to come by because all killing is done by instinct, not unlike a zombie horde. This is where the zombie aspect comes in. The haters act as vicious as any zombie from any zombie movie or story, but they can think, and they don't eat their victims. Well, not always. Moody also takes us through the lives of the unchanged by jumping into the story of Mark Tillotson as he helps the military scout for food and survivors in the area. Mark gets extra rations for this volunteer work, which he needs, because he has recently taken in a family member and his wife is pregnant. How long? Hours? Minutes? Or just seconds? Everything is still much quieter than it should be. I slowly pry my eyes open not knowing what I'm going to see. The windshield of the Land Rover has shattered, the glass crisscrossed by hundreds of tiny snaking cracks. We're straddling another wreck, and the nose of the car has been shunted up into the air. Lying back in my seat, all I can see in front of me is a foul and angry yellow-grey sky. It's the colour of bile. Survival, hordes of violent attackers, and the possible end of the world. Dogblood takes up where Hater left off, and I will warn you, the ending keeps you questioning. I will warn you also to make sure you allow extra listening time when you approach the end of the book. The last few chapters are so exciting, you cannot stop listening. Actually, you won't want to stop the book at all once you start. Reviewing for SF Sight, I'm Gil T. Wilson.